0: Hello and welcome to An Excellent Life. I'm Gina and Brie isn't with me today because she's not feeling well. She went to get tested for COVID today. So we will find out in the next couple of days um, if she's able to join us next Wednesday or not. (laughs) And maybe we'll find another way for her to join. Um, I think we can do that on where she's at and where I'm at. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we are here every Wednesday. At least one of us will be here every Wednesday with a new episode to help you ask questions, find answers, and hopefully entertain you with our perspectives. Um, And I'm kind of sad that Bree's not here to uh, talk about her Uh, perspectives and perception of different things because I I think it's great to have someone else's um, point of view. Um, I do, I will tell you how I'm doing because I was gonna ask her how she's doing, but I already know, not feeling well. Um, I'm doing great because in about an hour or less, (laughs) um, my son is coming home he was on a three-week hiking trip in the sierras of california on the john muir trail it was quite an adventure for him and i can't wait to hear all the stories even the terrifying one from the first day and (laughs) some of the um crazy things that happened to Hannah's buddy, who had to leave after the first week because he um, had altitude sickness. Uh, that's kind of like life, right? Sometimes we get altitude sickness <laughs> and sometimes terrifying things happen. So I maybe I'll incorporate that into next week, but I think what I'd rather do is interview him at some point. So I'm going to let him come home and relax and go through his uh re-acclimating to being home and then we will talk about him doing an interview sometime in the near future. Um, oh, and if you don't know the, the John Muir Trail goes through the, the Sierras in kind of central northern part of California. Uh, they started around the Sequoia Wood national park and went through King's Canyon national park and ended up, he ended up in Yellowstone, not Yellowstone, <laughs> Yosemite national park. And, um, a couple of friends went up to pick him up in there and San Jose and on their way down, they should be here soon. So yay. <laughs> so I will get this podcast on, on the road, um, and talk about, um, Kind of the second half of of what we were talking about last week when Brie was with me. (laughs) So, as a life coach, I've developed cornerstones in my program based on scripture. Sometimes we'll be talking about how to understand the relevance of these scriptures, but not on every episode because this is not a Bible study, even though today, after I was reading through it, um, some of the things that I wrote down, um, I'm thinking, ah, oh, this kind of sounds like a Bible study, but not really. I just want to bring in what these scriptures mean, how relevant they really are to us today and how we can use them to expand our lives. So last week we started the conversation around Second Peter um, chapter 1, verse 3, which says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The three main points of the scripture are, one, he's already given us access. Like he's already given us access to everything. Um, Most likely since before we were born. That means you already have access inside yourself in your spirit it's in your spirit now that's pretty exciting when you find out who you are and what you have that is really exciting um okay so point two living a godly life is the same as living a holy life and holy is the same as being anointed Anointed means set apart. I'm pretty sure that each person on this earth who has this access is meant to be set apart of whatever commotion is happening in our lives right now um, or at any given time. I know we talked about this a little last week, but it's so important that we need to go a little bit deeper What do we need to be set apart from? Well, for as long as I can remember, um, I was taught that we need to act holy or pious. And yes, of course, respectful and kind behavior is important. However, if it's only on the outside and we don't feel it on the inside or know it as truth in our minds, it's not authentic. So that's key to feel it on the inside and know it as a truth in your mind because anything else is just fake. And we don't want to be fake. Well, at least most of us, I think, don't. Um, So living in this way comes from understanding life and humans, but mostly understanding this third point Oh, wait, yeah, okay. So I had something for Bree at that moment, but all right, let's add, let's add the third point. Expanding our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. Um, This part of the verse illustrates being a seeker, a searcher, one who continues to expand their knowledge of the supernatural. It also points out glory and goodness, which are rooted in love and can't be a bad thing. I also see this last part called by his own glory and goodness as being the same as saying what Genesis tells us. We are made in his image, in his image we are made. I believe it's mentioned twice because it's that important. When we think, speak and act from a place of love, which I believe is that glory and goodness, then it's so authentic and it's so real in in who we are. We embody that whole idea of love And goodness and I mean if you've ever had that feeling and I don't mean being in love or romantic love but um, maybe even toward towards someone but not in a romantic way so much but an all-encompassing way of love like your child when your child is born or your grandfather who just loves you unconditionally or whatever people might have in their lives, what the feeling you feel is an embodiment of all the glory and goodness that's present around you. So I think this verse is really important because taking it apart, we can see all these little pieces that we can share in each one of them because we are made in the image of this all-encompassing love. Um, That doesn't make us that, it just gives us access and ability to to be part of it. I realize and appreciate that we don't all see this subject in the same way. A lot of people don't know um, or don't see God as a personality with characteristics that might be part of who we are as well. And I, you know, I can see that. We all have different experiences and different um, perceptions of everything. For many of us, we see God as a supreme being with whom we can have a relationship and conversations. Communication and being connected is essential as a human being. So the concept of God as having an identity fits in with this. Uh, I know people call call the energy that that is all uh, that all that is in, I'm sorry that is in the universe. <laughs> they call that universe or source, and I get that, but having been connected in such a way where, um, I mean, even God is not necessarily a name, but it's a title, and and feels like a name, and the personality, the person of God who we can communicate with, and be connected to. 24 hours a day if we want to, because it really is up to us. He doesn't force anything. And anybody who tells you differently is wrong. (laughs) So, yeah. If you know this divine entity by another name for whatever reason, it's not my place to judge or condemn. And I hope that sentiment is reciprocal because... (sighs) When we're all working toward the same wholeness of who we are, then we're not here to tear each other down. I think it's the um, the story of the crabs. <laughs> when you put them all in the pot, none of them can get out because they're all, you know, grabbing each other and pulling them down, and or is it crabs or lobsters, I can't remember, but one of those animals, you stick them in a pot, not a pot of boiling water, but a pot, and they will pull each other down. And that's not what we want to do. We wanna lift each other up. So each of us who has any kind of inclination toward wholeness and holiness being set apart from all of that nonsense should be lifting each other up. So, what does set-apart mean to you? Typically, um, especially in long-standing traditional churches, the words holy and anointed are reserved for people who are canonized or ordained to be a step above everyone else. They're the saints and we're the sinners. This never really made sense to me because First of all, there's an an arduous process to be called and treated as higher than the common human. Yet every human makes mistakes on many levels. And on the other hand, we can all rise above to be extraordinary from the heart, mind, and spirit through thoughts, beliefs, words, and actions. The conclusion I've come to after decades of observation and research is that everything we need is inside the spirit we each have. We have an all access pass to love and goodness. It's a matter of choice to connect and receive. And that's really what it comes down to. Our choice to continue to seek and search and release the things that don't work for us and be open to receiving the things that do fill us up Uh, there was a an associate at harvard university dr sreeny Pillai, who said that the reason people don't succeed or have any progress in their lives is because they prefer to become experts in their misery rather than in their success. It seems that it's it's probably because it's easier to sink into fear that stops us, and maybe the expectations or perceived expectations of others for my life. You know, the one that only I am responsible for, to take what I've been given, and multiply it into something useful and purposeful. To leave something on this earth better than when I arrived. I think that's a huge part of what each of us is here to do. And we either hear that or we don't hear it. And when we don't hear it, it's frustrating because we feel like we need to go somewhere else to find our purpose when really it's on the inside the whole entire time. I believe it's possible that each of us is meant to be set apart from the human flaws that plague generations and cultures. That each of us has the ability and opportunity to rise above convoluted imperfections that became the family and cultural norm. If you don't have any of that, you are extremely blessed. But for the most part, there's at least one leg of your family, sorry, I guess I should say branch, one branch or one limb of your family that still has some of that nonsense. I mean, I even knew a family in a church and I was talking to um, one of the young ladies one day and and i said you know your last name is kind of unusual do you know this this man with that same last name um i used to work with him at this place out on the harbor um on the it's kind of like i'm not on the docks <laughs> <wasn't it? laughs> but i worked at a company that was right there um on the harbor and and she said oh yeah he's probably um, part of the family that we don't talk to. And I thought, "Ah, that is really sad. That's really sad because we're all part of the same family. But you guys, you already know he's part of your family. And everybody's hurting so much that it's really hard when people actually will not go out and talk to them. Now there is the other side where you can try and talk to people in your family or people you want to have, you know, repaired relationships with. And a lot of the time what happens is the harder you try, the worse it gets. (laughs) And I've had that experience in um, different types of acquaintance, friendship, family relationships. And it just doesn't make sense to keep trying with someone who's not going to hear your heart, who's not going to hear what's coming out of your mouth, but it comes from your heart. So um, yeah, there's that side too. Uh, I just think it's really sad because I know, I know the things in my family and for generations. A lot of it is because of the, the area of that everyone grew up in, and they were so clannish, you know, they had their, their tribe and (laughs) I know that sounds really weird, but it's true that they had their, their thing. And they were, and that even the part of this community that moved down the hill from where my family lives, um, they moved down the hill and they, had animosity toward each other because well, whatever reasons, I don't even know. <laughs> the thing is, is that one group lived on top of the hill, one lived on the bottom of the hill, and they each thought the other one was too arrogant. And they also each thought the other one was lower than they were. So it was like, that's a crazy thing and when that goes on in families and generations of families it's someone's got to stand up and stop it but everyone's afraid of what everyone else thinks Um, and they're afraid of not belonging anywhere anymore if they do that and that fear should never cripple us should never keep us in a space like that okay so i hope you were able to follow my train of thought here I try hard not to go um, down pointless tangents. Therefore, to answer the question, if it's inside, how do I get it out? I'll use the same points. First, you already have everything that you need for a good and godly life inside your spirit. Give yourself quiet time to meditate in peacefulness and listen for inspiration, wisdom, and guidance. A second, each of us is intended um, to be set apart, to rise above mediocre living. It's not with a sense of arrogance, but with a sense of humble confidence to have and follow your dreams and visions and make a better life. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't do it in arrogance (laughs) when each of us can move forward in this way, we create ripples of goodness that reach out from the energy that we create. I mean, you don't even have to be there anymore. You can be in an area, you can be who you are. You can follow your dreams and visions with humble confidence and strength of character. And Somehow that energy is still moving. I mean, energy doesn't stay still. It's not static. It's constantly moving. So the ripples go out and you don't even know who you're going to influence. That's pretty amazing, right? Third, be a lifelong learner, a seeker of truth, asking for wisdom and knowledge of the divine entity which is bigger than you as the source of love and joy each of which holds the highest energy vibration this makes it possible to inspire others to do the same to to do the same in their lives from our example alone so i'm pretty passionate about sharing all of this and that's why I'm doing this podcast, Brie comes along when she can, obviously today, like I said at the beginning, she's not feeling well, went for a test. We'll find out in the next couple of days if she can join us next week or if there's another way for us to do this. But her perception is, it, I'm pretty sure it adds a lot to what uh, to what my intention is here. I want to share these things because, well, let me tell you, it took years and sometimes a ton of heartache to learn these things. I That was my mentor, apparently, <laughs> you know, um, experiences were my mentor. I did read a lot of different books, um, C.S. Lewis has a lot of uh, influence in my life. And I'm not going to go through a list right now because, um, like I also said, my son's going to be here soon, so I'm going to make this podcast a pretty short episode, pretty short. I just hope that it is something that is going to add to your life. Um, thank you for listening to an excellent life podcast. We'll be back next week with more. I believe our topic next week is when you know you have everything, there is no lack. If you like our show, let us know. Share it with your friends. Support us if you can, so we can continue bringing you more information and conversation that we hope adds value to you. If you have a story that resonates with what we're talking about, send it to GinaTCoach at gmail.com. We'll be sharing listener stories on the last Wednesday of every month, beginning in July. So I'm really looking forward to getting stories from anyone listening. Until then, have a great week. See anything happening this weekend? No, no. Last week was Father's Day, right? Okay, so have a great week. From me, Gina T, and Bree, who is absent today. And from an excellent wife. Thank you for listening. Ciao.